You're listening to the Lecker Room Sports Media Podcast. It's June 7th. 2021 you're listening to the lecker room sports media podcast i am your host jacob lecker it has been a couple weeks since we've done a podcast so uh we're gonna have to go uh through what i've been doing the last couple weeks i've been uh slightly busy and also slightly lazy but uh we'll we'll go through that in a second first our shout out of the podcast was going to my good friend brett up in kansas city i went and saw him Brett, a.k.a. Moxie, a.k.a. Foxy Moxie. Uh, thanks for letting me stay at your house this weekend. We had a good time. It was my uh, birthday weekend. Uh, I turned 24 yesterday, so thank you to all who wished me happy birthday. It was a great weekend overall. Went to a couple Royals games. Uh, on Went to one on Saturday with Brett and then got to go to, with uh, my nephew and my two brothers on Sunday. So, uh, good weekend overall, good birthday weekend, did a lot this week. Um, I mean, the reason I haven't been posting very much, along with being a little lazy, uh, so the weekend after I posted the third podcast, I ventured my way up to Manhattan, saw some friends, um, did a little drinking some beer and hanging out with some friends from graduation weekend up in Manhattan, so Good stuff up there. Um, following weekend was Memorial Day, I believe. Um, let's see. Yes. No, no, no. Following weekend was... What did I do that weekend? No, no, no. That's right. Nope, that's wrong. I can't remember. Whatever, regardless. Uh, went to a couple Springfield Cardinals games. That's right. I went to a couple Springfield Cardinals games. The following weekend um they've been in town uh they're on a like a 13 game home stand right now it's kind of insane minor leagues the minor league baseball schedule is so different this year and i don't, I don't understand it but i went to a bunch of springfield cardinals games the weekend after that was memorial day did some hiking around the ozarks went to lambert's down in ozark um actual ozark missouri brewery with the co-workers uh Bought a new bed. That was fun. Went went to the uh, mattress store, bought a king-size bed, and it's it's amazing. My feet don't hang off the edge anymore, so we got that going for us. And then went to a couple more Springfield Cardinals games the next week. And then this past weekend, I was in Kansas City visiting my good friend and my brothers and watching the Royals. Uh, went to... The Saturday game against the Twins and the Sunday game as well. But a couple of fun games, a couple of loss, one-run losses, but overall a good weekend. So, um, fun thing I'm doing next weekend is a golf tournament over in Yates Center in by Pittsburgh, Kansas, um, with my good friend Brett. So, looking forward to that. Going to be another good weekend. Been, I was thinking to myself... Uh, Today, just here. Here's the beginning of a really, really busy summer. We're we got to make up for the year we just lost. So I'm excited to be 
busy every weekend, but I'm also not very excited to put a ton of miles in my car because I'm sure it's going to break down one of these days. Let's, let's pray that does not happen. So, um, we are going to have a very jam packed, uh, podcast today we got a lot to go over first thing we are going to do is of course our trivia segment which i have a name for tell me if you like it i don't know if it'll stick but it's called the coaches archives which (laughs) i thought of today (laughs) um little trivia segment coaches archives and then we're gonna talk go over some mlw we're a couple series behind so we're gonna run down we got three series to talk about. Uh, downtown Diamondbacks versus Eagles, Midwest Mallards versus the uh, Western Wildcats, and the Pacific Predators versus the Magic. And that rounds out our first round of series along with the Cobras and Gators series that we covered on the last podcast. Um, also, there is another series that was posted on Friday, the Eagles and the Cobras, um, but we will talk about that on the following podcast as it'll give us a little more to go into depth about analysts and ana- analysis and uh, different players and you know where the league is at. So uh, anyway, lots to cover in the MLW. Uh, we're going to give you a quick update on the Kansas City Royals update on the current MLB and yeah i think uh that really much sums it up uh we're gonna jump right into this trivia segment hold on i gotta click on this link really quick today's segment today's coach's archive is the colorado rockies trivia now let's uh let's go over i am a colorado rockies fan closeted colorado rockies fan right now as they are not the best baseball team whatsoever as they did trade away <laughs> their their best player recently Nolan Arenado for not much and what's crazy is I'm I'm watching these color or these uh, Springfield Rockies or <laughs> Springfield Cardinals games and seeing some of these stud athletes Nolan Gorman plays second base Luke and Baker's a solid hitter plays first base for the Springfield Cardinals and there might be one or two other players, but it just feels like the Rockies did not get anything back from that Arenado trade. Um, fun fact, I did buy a Nolan Arenado St. Louis Cardinals jersey, but it says Cardinals on the front, so I'll just wear it to the Springfield Cardinals games because I am not a St. Louis fan whatsoever. We are a Springfield fan, and that is it. <laughs> we root for our hometown team. But anyway, here we go. Uh, Colorado Rockies. Trivia, forgive me, I kind of have a hoarse <clears throat> voice. I think I've been battling a slight cold lately. But All right, question number one. What year were the Colorado Rockies founded? 1983, 2013, 2003, or 1993? Uh, simple enough for me, it was 1993. Uh, first year they made the playoffs was 96. They, they uh, actually started out in Mile High Stadium with the Broncos their first couple of seasons. Uh, I think one of their first, I think it may have been their first game ever had like a couple hundred thousand, or not a couple hundred thousand, but up to a hundred thousand fans, which was one of the most they've ever had 
at a baseball game in the MLB. Uh, so, uh, question number two. Which player won the batting title in the team's very first season? Andres Galarraga, Mike Kindry, Dante Bichette, or Charlie Hayes? Uh, Andres Galarraga. Rockies first baseman Andres Galarraga solidified his reputation as an accomplished hitter in 1993 after manager Don Don Baylor persuaded him to change from a standard batting stance to an open one. Batted 370. Wow. I'm just reading off these notes that they give me after. Sometimes I'll read those off. All right. Question number three. What year did the Rockies play in the first World Series? 2002, 2007, 2012, or 1997? So their first playoff appearance was 97. Um, They were bounced in the first round by the Braves, I believe. Uh, But 07 was their first World Series appearance and only World Series appearance in which they got swept by the Red Sox. Question number four. Emma, what MLB single season team record did the Rockies break in 2007? Home runs, fielding percentage, ERA, or batting average? Oh boy. I want to say home runs but it's very possible that it was a pitching record because they are historically known to be the worst pitching team in all of baseball. Uh, I'm going to go with home runs, not home runs, ERA, Uh, batting average, feeling percentage. Wow. All right. (laughs) Colorado set the single season MLB team record for fielding percentage 0.989. That's insane. It's like an error every hundred plays. (laughs) Wow. Despite the Rockers, despite the Rockies' record-setting performance, and National League coaches and players did not didn't vote in a single Rockies player for the NL Gold Glove Award. Wow, that's insane! I, yeah, all right. Number five. What is the Colorado Rockies mascot? A dinosaur, a beater can, a mountain climber, or a boxer? It is a dinosaur. His name is Dinger, and he was hatched from an egg when he was first introduced. Dinosaur. Number six, who's the only player in MLB history to register both a 700 slugging percentage and 30 stolen bases in the same season? Dante Bichette, Todd Helton, Larry Walker, or Ellis Burks? Well, it's not Todd Helton because he was a slow first baseman who only had home runs. And Larry Walker was also a Blake Street bomber. Um, <clears throat> I have to guess because I'm not sure these two players. Burks? Bichette. It was Walker? Wow, okay. I didn't realize that uh, Larry Walker was a base dealer. Larry Walker's career season came in 97 when he had 366, 49 home runs, 130 RBIs, 208 hits, 143 runs, and 33 stolen bases. Wow. Um, Is Larry Walker in the hall? Hall of Fame. Let's look this up really quick. Oh, he's in, okay. So he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. Final year of eligibility for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Wow, that's insane. All right. Question seven. Who was the first player to hit a home run and toss a complete game shutout in his MLB debut? Joe Kennedy, Ubaldo Jimenez, Jason Jennings, or Aaron Cook? Oh, geez. These are uh, the old game I used to play, MVP Baseball 05, Aaron Cook, Jason Jennings. Think Joe Kennedy was on there. Obama Jimenez was later. He came about 08 or 09. 
And the Rockies, uh, I'm going to say Jason Jennings. That's right. We got it. Nice. Uh, posted impressive numbers in the 2002 season when he won MLB Rookie of the Year. Nice. What year is that? 02. Okay. Who threw the first no-hitter in Colorado Rockies history? Uh, German Marquez, Ulysses Chessin, Ubaldo Jimenez, or Marvin Freeman. Uh, this one's Ubaldo Jimenez. He's the only one that's ever pitched a uh, no-hitter. 2010. Okay. April 17, 2010 against the Braves. I think it's the only one in Rockies history. Um, fun fact, the last team to throw a no-hitter was the San Diego Padres. They got their first no-hitter in, in team history thrown earlier this season in April, I believe. I uh, can't remember who threw it. Yeah, kind of crazy that they've been in the league way longer than most teams and haven't had a no-hitter until this season. So cool. Question nine. We got two more. What color are the mile-high seats at Coors Field? Purple, red, green, or silver? Um, I want to say silver. Green? <laughs> no. Purple. Wow, okay. An entire row of purple seats runs around the stadium on the third level. These seats represent 5,280 feet above sea level. One mile. All right. What are we sitting at before question 10? One, two, three, four, five, six. We got six right. We got to get one more to pass. Got to get a C. C's get degrees. Number 10. What deficit did the Rockies overcome in the largest comeback in team history? Oh, are you kidding me? Nine run, eight run, 10, or 11? Go big or go home. 11. Dang it. 10. 9. Yeah. July 4th, 2008, Colorado defeated the Florida Marlins 18-17 after being down 13-4. Wow. So we got six right. So uh, we know a little bit about the Rockies. Um, it's kind of tough considering they are not a local team, so you can't watch them on TV unless you have the MLB, what is it, TV pass? MLB TV? I don't know. It's it's stupid. The blackouts, the, the blackout deal and whatever. So around here, at least we get to watch one more team back home. We only get to watch the Royals and the Cardinals, or the Royals. Around here, we get to watch the Cardinals as well. So once the Royals are over, flip it over there. Cardinals. And it's kind of nice to have at least a double-A team here, so... I can get my baseball fill in, watch the Springfield Cardinals at night um, if I'm not doing much. But anyway, uh, we're going to jump into the MLW series here in a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Locker Room Sports Media Podcast. The MLW season is well underway. We got our first round of series being played. Uh, we're going to run through these really quickly because we got a lot to talk about um, in each every single one. Um, Diamondbacks versus Eagles, Mallards versus Wildcats, and Predators versus the Magic. Um, and obviously on the last podcast, the... Uh, Cobra is winning that series two games to one with the Gators sneaking out, uh, squeaking out a game three win. Uh, Cobra sitting at two and one, and the Gators sitting at one and two after one series. Um, but first, we will discuss the D backs versus the Eagles. Um, and before I mention the uh, the uh, 
winners of these series go and watch the MLW channel on YouTube. Uh, we got a, you got a lot of content to catch up on. Um, there are more videos being posted. The Eagles and Cobra series that was posted on Friday, June the 4th has already been posted. We're not going to go over those quite yet. We'll go over those on the next podcast, but you got a bit to catch up on. So spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the scores of these games and what has happened. So you got five seconds to come back. Uh, go, go there and pause it right here. Three, two, one. Okay. Here we go. Diamondbacks versus Eagles. Um, surprising, but not really. The Diamondbacks sweep. Diamondbacks absolutely crushed the Eastern Eagles, the former um, National League champions of 2020. The defending champions of their league got absolutely hit around like crazy by the Diamondbacks. Jimmy Norpolet, all hitters. With seven hits on the day. Um, so we'll just go through it. Uh, first game was 15-6. to six. Daniel Schultz pitching for the Eagles does not get out of the first inning. Gets one out. Walks, I think, the first four batters. Was not good on the mound. Uh, game two to the D-backs. Four to nothing. D-backs dominate in that game as well. And in game three, six to one, you got to see Dallas Allen, the Eagles draft pick, 2021 draft pick, come in and pitch game three. Uh, could not find the zone very well as very well either. Um, overall, Diamondbacks, like I said in my very first podcast when I was going series by series, even though, even though I did not pick Diamondbacks to win this series, I said the Diamondbacks are the dark horse to absolutely show out and beat everybody this year. And they went for the sweep, too. Um, not like any other team this year. Uh, they're the only one that has done it. So good for the Diamondbacks. I'm glad for them. I'm, I, I said, Like I said right away, they're going to be the dark horse team this year. They're going to win. They have a very good chance to win 10 games. It just depends if their pitching shows up. And from what I can tell, their pitching is a okay. (laughs) They struggled a little bit in game one, um, but they settled in and they put up a lot of runs too. They got to that magic number of two, which I think might be three or four this year, considering how many runs have been scored uh, in each game so far. But a couple of notable stats, Eagles, only have six hits the entire series while giving up a total of 13 hits and 25 runs to the D-backs. And Jimmy Norp, the stud player for the D-backs, has seven hits himself. So he out-hit the entire Eagles Eagles organization in that series. He had seven of the D-backs' 13 hits. Um, And we're going to do the biggest winner of the series, Jimmy Norp. Uh, he leads early MVP conversation after hitting 700. 700. That's pretty crazy, even after one series. They only play five series, so you can hit that well after one series. Good for you, bud. 700 in his first series, hitting two home runs with 14 RBIs, leading the league in RBIs and hits. So kind of a not-so-really-a-surprising thing there. Uh, we, I think we all expected him to come out firing this year after his strong rookie season last year. Biggest L of that series is Daniel Schultz. Dirty Dan did not have his best stuff hitless in all three games while earned 
uh, while giving up 14 earned runs in the series and not getting out of the first inning in Game 1. Uh, pretty, it's pretty poor effort on his end. Um, I will will have to go back and say the weather was not great, so nothing was moving for him. Nothing was going where he wanted it to. But also, I mean, you got to give credit where his credit is due, even when he did throw strikes, which it doesn't help when you're throwing a lot of balls and then the one strike you get, they're going to hit you. They're going to be ready for it. But the Diamondbacks were hitting on all cylinders. I mean, 13 hits in three games is pretty good um, and putting up 15 runs in game one. Um, and then 10 runs combined in game two and game three. Pretty good day for the D-backs. Um, Eagles are sitting at 0-3 after the first series. Um, so, uh, moving on. Midwest Mallards versus the Western Wildcats. Now, this one, I picked this series. I totally picked this series was going to happen. It didn't happen in the way I thought it was going to happen just because uh, Tommy didn't pitch in the series. He's been hurt battling a pectoral uh, strain or of some sorts. But the Mallards win uh, win game one and two, and they win the series. They won game one and two, seven to four, five to four, and the Wildcats bounce back and win game three, uh, seven to one. Um, the uh, the game changer, uh, the whole thing that that the uh, thing that happened that changed the whole outlook of the series. Um, and the surprise effort of this series is Trevor Bonham. I mean, so Kyle, the the legend, the ace of the league, the best player in the league since it, since the league began, is throwing an absolute gem in Game One. The Wildcats are up uh, three to nothing in the top of the last inning, with two outs and two strikes. And Trevor Bonham, the the sophomore from the 2020 draft class. Uh, hits a grand slam to take the lead four to three, um, in which they would go on to win in extras uh, seven to four. Absolute astounding effort by the youngster Trevor Bonham. He is the biggest winner of the series. He deals as well on the mound in games one and two for the Ballards. Starts the year hot on the mound at two and zero as Tommy dealing with that pectoral strain. Hopefully he'll be back. In the next series, I have some insight that he is compared <laughs> looking from their Instagram page. If you're following that, uh, Trevor had 16 strikeouts and only three walks, which is incredibly impressive for the two starts that he had. And he dominated at the plate, batting a, a 583 in the series with seven hits and three home runs, which I think three was the number that was tied for the highest. Uh, there was a couple of guys that had the high of home runs hit in their first series, which is, which is insane because last year, I think the league leader only had eight home runs and we're only one. We are only one series in with all these teams and we're already halfway there. So something about the league this year where guys are just hitting it way better. And it's, it's been a lot more fun to watch. Not going to lie. It's, it gets, it gets pretty uh, mundane. If you're just seeing walk, 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 strike out, strike out. Cause you only see the last pitch of the at bat. So just walk. Walk, walk, strike out, walk, strike out, strike out, strike out, walk. So it's been good to see some guys hitting the ball. Uh, biggest L of the series, it's not really an L <laughs> because, um, well, Kyle Schultz losing his perfect game in the top of the last inning. Um, there really wasn't anything else I could point out from the Wildcats side of things. They they still played pretty well. Um, still had a decent series. Kyle collected four hits and one home run. 
the Wildcats were just outmatched by a revitalized Midwest Mallards team um, who had a lot of really good timely hitting. Um, I think Kyle lost a little bit of his control. Oh, he, lo- he didn't lose his perfect game. He lost his no-hitter is what I meant to say. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, he did lose his perfect game and then lost his no-hitter. But, um, but yeah, the Mallards, the Mallards outmatched him with some timely hitting. And the Wildcats, they'll they'll be just fine. Um, with with as good as the league is this year, you're bound to lose a series like that. Um, but they didn't get swept, and that's the ultimate goal for every series: is you can't get swept. As long as you're not getting swept, you have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, and I don't remember who they have next. I think the Mallards played this this the Mallards already played their second series. The YouTube video isn't out yet. I think it's the next one to be posted this Friday. Um, they've been pretty good about posting their YouTube videos every Friday. Oh, side note, um, every Tuesday or Wednesday they have their podcast, Pipe It Up. Go listen to that. Check that out. Tommy Coughlin's been uh, been uh, headlining that lately. And then their Twitch, their MLB, MLW uh, Twitch page, they've been doing streams on Wednesday night. So go check that out. Um, but yeah, so Wildcats um, start the year one and two. Mallards played the predators i believe was next um so they start the year two and one um and we're gonna move on preds versus the magic the final series the first uh, final first series um here the predators dominate and the magic take advantage of the preds lack of pitching to salvage game two so the preds win the series two to one uh, Preds win game one and three, two to nothing and ten to one, while the Magic get game two, five to ten. So, I guess not a lot going on in this series beside um, Chadwick struggled on the mound a little bit, couldn't really find his rhythm with his pitches. Um, his little slider that he does was getting hit all over the place, and also couldn't find his his bat at all i think he only had one hit in the whole series but the biggest winner of the series or i guess winners in this case were veterans brennan russell and alec warda two guys that have been in the league for a long time brennan russell has his first at bat of the year which is a home run two run home run uh, warda walked and russell hit a home run in the first inning which was the difference they win that game two two to nothing cratch dominates on them on the mound as normal Cratch is going to be another, he's another candidate for the Cy Young Award this year. He's, he's going to be in the running for it every single year. He's just, he just wants, he, he dominates every single year he comes to play. He does, he takes it very seriously when he comes to pitch. The only, the only problem they have is um, their secondary pitching, which I'll touch on in a minute. Uh, Warda uh, in game three hits his 100th and 101st career home runs. So congratulations to Alec Warda hitting the century mark um, in a very exclusive club, which only includes Tommy, Dan Schultz, and Kyle Schultz. So congrats to you, Warda, for being in the league this long, regardless um, of the performance in the past. You're crushing it these days, so good on you. Um, and then the biggest L of the series, I think this is the first time I've done a given the biggest L to the team that won the series, but... Preds, the Preds' lack of pitching is the biggest L of this series. I couldn't really see anything wrong with the Magic. I think the Magic will be just fine. They were missing Jack Agner, um, which he usually provides a pretty good spark when it comes to the hitting side of things. 
Um, but the Preds, Preds' lack of pitching allows Magic to win game two. I know uh, Ryan Cratch was pretty upset about that. He touched on that a little bit in the podcast. Uh, Rudy Ramirez, the rookie for the Predators, um, pitched two innings, was not fantastic. Warda pitched, I think, as well, but he just has never had it on the mound. That's why it was so important for the Predators to get um, Ryan Cratch there in 2018, I believe. That, yeah, 2018, when they traded for Ryan Cratch. Um, but Warda and Ramirez in Game 2 allowed 13 walks combined in only two and a third inning, while the ace, Mr. Ryan Cratch, only allowed three walks in six innings in the two starts he had. So... Uh, probably the only weak spot, as it always has been for the Preds, but their hitting is second to none. They probably have the top two hitting teams on the league. Them and the Diamondbacks probably are the two best hitting teams and overall teams in the league right now. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's it for now. Uh, we'll cover the Eagles and Cobras in the next podcast, um, but uh, we're going to go over my record. My record has improved... Um, so I am seven and five in picking games. Um, I picked the Eagles over the Diamondbacks, which that was incorrect. I picked, I did pick the Mallards over the Wildcats and I picked the Predators over the Magic. So I am two and two on my series, seven and five overall, not doing bad, not doing great. I don't see my, (laughs) I don't see my uh, overall record to be that much above or below 500 considering I chose no sweeps or no, I chose a bunch of two, one series. So, (laughs) all right. Um, and the last but not least on the MLW side of things, um, the power rankings as of June 1st. So this is straight from MLW, the office of MLW, the downtown diamondbacks are three and oh, uh, Predators at two at two and one. Coastal Cobras at three at two and one. Midwest Mallards at four at two and one. Great Lakes Skaters drop four spots. They are now at, f- at number five. They were ranked first last time. Um, Western Wildcats drop four spots as well. They're at one and two. Eastern Eagles zero and three at seven. And Magic are in last at one and two. Um, only thing I would change here is honestly, I would move the Wildcats and the Gators around, and then maybe I would move the Mallards above the Cobras. Um, solely based off of how poor the Gators played in the first series, they just they they batted not very well in their first series. They they got they got hit around by the Cobras, and they didn't pitch very well as well. So that's the only. I would change that and I would move the Mallards above the Cobras because I think the Mallards have way more firepower than the Cobras do right now. Um, so that's your power rankings for MLW. Um, we'll cover some more MLW on the next podcast. Uh, but first, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to the Lecker Room Sports Media Podcast. The Kansas City Royals are back above 500 at 29 and 28. They bounce back after that losing streak. I know we were all on edge from from then on. We all thought it was over. At least I didn't. I didn't think it was over. I said I was cautiously optimistic, which I still am. But uh, they are an exciting team to to watch. Um, to go watch, I I recommend going and watch them play. Tickets are a little expensive right now, but we did go on the weekend, so. Um, but yeah, uh, Royals are playing much better. They're a very exciting team to watch right now. 
Um, hopefully the uh, guys can get healthy, but uh, Royals go 4-2 and two in the latest homestand. They played the Pirates in a two-game set earlier last week, beat them both games, and then they split the series um, to end the homestand with the Twins. They win Thursday, Friday, and then the games I went to, of course, uh, they lose on Saturday and Sunday. Um, the game on Saturday was pretty back and forth. Um, the final score was five to four. Uh, the the key moment there was in the ninth inning. We get uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Gutierrez or Olivares? I can't remember. Leadoff double. He gets pinch hit. Uh, I'm trying to think if it was Michael A. Taylor. I can't remember. Um, gets pinch hit for Dyson. Dyson gets the third. And then I think it was Michael A. Taylor comes up, hits a line drive to the the shortstop, and it's it was a low line drive, so it was tough for Dyson to read because one out and he's he's reading it on the ground, so he's trying to score to tie the game up. Uh, ball gets caught, throw the third, game over. Twins win five to four. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, almost the same thing happened in on the Sunday game, except there wasn't as many runs scored. It was a pitcher's duel. Singer pitched pretty well for the Royals, only gave up two runs. Um, I think they were both earned. But I think it was the third inning, which was the game changer for the for the whole the whole tone of the game was was uh, the whole uh, momentum of the game was in the Twins' favor after Nicky Lopez bunts pops up a bunt with runners on first and second with nobody out. And you can't even blame Nicky Lopez for this because we got Cam Gallagher at first and um, Gerard Dyson at second. And for some reason, both the base runners just take off as soon as the bunt gets contacted and pops up in the air. First baseman catches it, throws it to second, throws it to first, triple play. Rally killer. Guess who was on deck if he gets that bunt down? Whit Merrifield, who was hot as ever. So, ah. Uh, so then... Sun, uh, ninth inning, bottom of the ninth inning, same thing as Saturday, a leadoff double, uh, this time by Whit Merrifield, and Carlos Santana strikes out looking, uh, Ben Attendi flies out to left, and they intentionally walk Salvi, and here's the, here's the problem here with why that is so important, why this is so important. We have runners on first and second now, and they can just... They can just walk Salvi like it's nothing because who do we have next? Dozier, Dozier and Solera both batting in the 150 range. Mondesi is hurt. So who do we go to? We already used Michael A. Taylor in the 7th or 8th inning. And it's really just, I mean, who do we have left? I mean, Mike Matheny uses, he just says, Gutierrez, you're my guy. I mean, I got nobody else, so... I need you to get a base hit here with two outs. And of course he doesn't. He grounds out to the second base or shortstop and a fielder's choice. Um, and he's the five hole. So, you know, if we get a guy on second base and Salvador Perez comes up, I mean, he's basically rendered useless because they're like, well, we're not going to pitch to you with two outs. We're not going to do that. We're going to, we're going to go after your next guy because we know you guys don't have a fifth hole, a five hole. And I think that's going to meet. And I, and I'm, Slightly paraphrasing because I also heard the opinion of uh, Royal Royals Radio Network on in the Kansas City area. He this is the point he was touching on. I think his name is Vern up in Kansas City. We're gonna get deeper into the season, 
and we're not going to be able to win games because our best players, our, well, our best hitter right now is probably Salvador Perez, or at least our power hitter. But they're just going to walk him and put him on base, and then we have to go to the next guy. So uh, I think I think Gutierrez and Olivares have good upside. Um, but when you got you know a four-year de- four-year deal for Dozier, Soler, you know, led the league or uh, broke the broke the single season home run record for the Royals in 2019, and those two guys are both batting 150. I mean, we we desperately need those guys to step it up. Uh, but let's look at the bright side of things. Um, losing streak is over. Ended on May 14th when we beat the White Sox. The Royals are 13 and eight. Sit one game above 500 at 29 and 28. 13 and 8 since the losing streak. Um, and now they are on the West Coast. They are actually playing the LA Angels as we speak. And then they go to Oakland and play a set in Oakland and return home next week against Detroit. So, best case scenario here is we go 500 on the road. Uh, I think it's a six game set or maybe seven. I can't remember. And then return home on Monday. But the reason that we are scrapping and calling. So as long as we're getting our timely hitting and at least putting up runs late in the game, we're going to win a lot of games. Um, the, the sad part about the loss on Sundays, we used, you know, some of our best bullpen guys and we couldn't scratch one, one run. I mean, we scored our first run that like the second inning couldn't, and we couldn't uh, get any more runs for our bullpen, but our bullpen has been solid. Our starting pitching has been very above average, a lot better than they had been in the beginning of the year. Uh, Mike Miner got hit around a little bit on Saturday, but uh, Singer pitched really well yesterday, and our bullpen has been incredibly solid. So, just a couple of names: Barlow, Scott Barlow, three innings, and this is this is in the last seven days for our bullpen. Barlow, three innings, one hit, three strikeouts. Uh, Brents, four innings, zero hits, five strikeouts. Greg Holland, two innings, zero hits, two strikeouts. And Zimmer, two and a third, zero hits, one strikeout. Stalmont, one inning, zero hits, one strikeout. Five guys out of the bullpen, no runs. Not a single run has been scored off these guys in the last seven days. I hope I don't jinx it. We're going to knock on wood here. Hear that? Knock on wood. Bullpen has been incredibly solid. I think that's a main reason why we are we are where we are. 29 and 28 is a way better record than I thought we were going to be. After losing 11 in a row, I mean, we—I mean, we were—we were calling the fire department, doing everything we could to stop the bleeding there, stop the flames from from burning down the whole house. So, and they—and then, so yeah, banking on our bullpen, um, banking on some guys to step it up in the bats. But I think we got an exciting team this year. Um, so, let's go Royals. Got to beat the Angels tonight. Got to beat Oakland. And we gotta we gotta have a winning record. If we if we can have a winning record, let's just check uh let's check their schedule real quick. So three games set in Los Angeles and then a four game set in Oakland. Um if we can go four and three on this on this road trip, that would be fantastic. I mean if if we could go four and three, three and four, I, I could I'll take either one. Let's just make sure we don't get swept by one of these teams, especially the four game set in Oakland. Let's win. Let's win two or three in Los Angeles. We got uh, the rookie Cower on the mound. That's right. Um, for the Royals, Bubich tomorrow, Keller on Wednesday, My- Mike Miner on Thursday, and Singer on Friday. 
Uh, Wednesday night, they're on ESPN, Wednesday night baseball against the Angels. So that'll try to catch that uh, on Wednesday. Um, and yeah, that's our quick uh, update of the Royals. Um, doing a lot better than I thought they'd be at this point. So I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm content. Cautiously optimistic still, but um, yeah, let's go Royals. Um, you're listening to the Lecker Room Sports Media Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're going to end our podcast today. We're going to recap a little bit of MLB around the league. Um, fun thing I'm doing on Wednesday, I just thought of uh, going uh, golfing with the coworkers. Uh, work's been work slowed down a little bit this week, so um, had a couple projects go out last week. So boss man says, let's go hit up the. Uh, it's called Hot Shots or Hot something. It's like it's like Top Golf, but uh, uh, it's here in Springfield. So I'm excited. It just opened up. Um, so. And it's supposed to rain, but um, we'll be covered up in the golf phase. So I'm kind of excited for that. Get my swing on for before this weekend. I haven't swung a club since March, so Brett, sorry. This will be my this will be my best chance to at least get a gauge on where I'm at before the weekend. So uh, let's uh, I'll, I'll give you guys an update on how we do on the next pod uh, at the tournament this weekend. But first, we're going to go over the standings real quick. Um, Kansas City Royals, obviously. We'll start with the AL Central, as we always do. Kansas City Royals, six games back from the White Sox, only two games back from the Indians. White Sox lead the division at 36-23. Cleveland at 31-26. Royals 29-28. Over in the AL, e- uh, the AL East, Tampa Bay Rays take over the number one spot over the Red Sox. I can't remember if that changed from last time or not. I'd have to re-listen to my last podcast. Raise a half a game ahead of the Red Sox, even though the Red Sox just got, got done sweeping the sorry, sorry boys of the New York Yankees, even though the Yankees still have a really good record. They have like the worst hitting team in all of baseball right now for, for the, for the power, for the hitting and the, the talent that is in that lineup. Judge, uh, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, LeMayhew, but Rays lead that division 38 to 20, 38 and 23. Red Sox 37 and 23. Blue Jays are even ahead of the, the Yankees at 30 and 27, but they're six games back from the top. AL West, Oakland Athletics continue to lead that division 35 and 26. And the Dirty Cheaters of Houston are in second at 33 and 26, a game behind Oakland. Over on the National League side of things, the New York Mets lead the division on the East Eastern front of the national <laughs> the national league 29 and 23 three and a half ahead of the braves at 28 and 29 nl central the brooders who the royals just got done beating up on a couple weeks ago are leading that division 33 and 26 actually tied with the chicago cubs and the cardinals two and a half behind at 31 and 29 and finally in the nl west where my colorado rockies aren't in last place anymore it's the arizona diamondbacks so yes go rockies um, the Rockies. What just happened? Well, the Rockies are five and five in their last ten, so that's not bad. One game winning streak. That's more than the rest of the division. But the Giants do lead the division, thirty-seven and twenty-two, two games ahead of the Padres, and three games ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
So that'll about wrap it up here on the Lecker Room Sports Media Podcast. Thank you so much for everybody who stuck with me through um, to this point, fourth podcast. I know it's been a couple weeks since we posted our last one, but we're going to get back into the swing of things. Uh, make sure we stay on top of things all summer long so we don't we don't fall behind and wonder what's going on in the Major League Wiffle Ball, Major League Baseball, and beyond in the sports world. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. I appreciate everybody. If you made it this far, you are you are a, uh, you're an A1 tier list of a fan. So thank you so much. Um, again, uh, recap: we talked about MLW three series. You should go watch. Um, the Royals are hot right now. I wouldn't say hot, but they did just get done winning five in a row. So let's go Royals and let's win a golf tournament this weekend. So again, thank you for listening. This has been the Lecca Room Sports Media Podcast. Have a great night. This has been the Lecca Room Sports Media Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.